Hello, you beautiful cycling fans, and welcome back to another A1 show Vuelta special. I say it every day, but the Vuelta is, it's been an absolutely cracking race for a lot of reasons that I've covered. You know, the stress is off for riders. They just feel like they can ride without the same media circus that goes around the Tour de France. There's not the early season pressure that we see a lot of riders putting themselves under when they hit the Giro, for example. So, for a lot of those reasons, the laid-back organisation of the Vuelta as well, where you have these crazy mountain passes, it just provides us epic racing. And I always think of it, it's a purist. You know, we it doesn't attract the mainstream media attention as the Tour de France or even some of the spring classics. But as a pure cycling fan, you absolutely have to love the Giro or the Vuelta because it just throws up these epic finishes day after day after day. Today was absolutely no different. We were on stage 15 today. We had four categorized climbs with a 9% 7.9-kilometer climb to the finish. Stay with us, and I'm going to fill you in on exactly what happened, and I'm going to throw up some random questions for you about the... how ethical it is for riders to continue with injuries a new uh, product that i'm experimenting with to help me sleep and we're going to get this all wrapped up inside our usual little slot so before i jump into it let me give another mention to our podcast sponsor for the vuelta who has been brilliant they're a big cycling fan and we like to get behind cycling companies they're missingpiece.ie they do amazing custom bespoke picture frames chopping boards they're the perfect gift if you have a birthday coming up like i do uh it's the perfect gift for someone uh they've run a contest during the vuelta and i'm going to pop a link in the show notes and description down below if you answer a simple question what color is the leader's jersey in the vuelta they're going to hook you up with some swag if you're randomly chosen so there you go stage 15 it started early It started early, early. It started when I was in town shopping for a birthday present for my girlfriend and I was checking tweets on the phone going, oh shit, movie star have hit it on the first climb. Movie star whacked it on the first climb and they are a very good team of climbers and they got rid of some lot of Yumbo lads who weren't such good climbers like Tony Martin and they had a big chase to get back in. But uh, a big break went uh, the day at the the likes of Sipkus, Theo Gagenhart, Izzy Guerra, Soler, uh, did a couple of EF riders in there, uh, Lawson Craddock was in there, uh, the Kirienka in there, Samite from Escatel was in there, and the racing really started then when we with Kirienka and Samite from Escatel, and going across to them was Sepkus, and that was kind of where we really picked it up on the last climb. Sepkus breezed past those two and made it one solo out front. And then a little chase group formed behind. And the chase group was uh, Guerrero from Katusha, Theo Gagan Hart. And that was really the setup we had. We The GC guys exploded into the base of the climb. Frantic pace set by movie star Anastana. There must have been only 15 guys left when we got to the base of the climb. It was insane looking. I'd say there must have been full gas on it. Like I heard James Knox talking from Quickstep, the young Brit talking after the race. And I'm not sure, can you say Brit? Is Brit a derogatory term? I don't think it is. Uh, the young Englishman uh, speaking after the race. And he yeah, he was just talking about how difficult it was into the, into the base of the first climb, but also that frantic fight into the base of the last climb. And then we had Alejandro Valverde, the, 
Benjamin Button, Evergreen, Alejandro Valverde, and he launched, and the only one who could go, yeah, you guessed it, second on GC attacks, who's the only one that's watching second on GC, first on GC, Primos Roglic, marked it with ease, and what I noticed with Valverde is, Valverde is so, so explosive, even at his, like, what's Valverde now, he's pushing 40, he's 41, something like that, he won have won the Masters champs, uh, Valverde, when he goes, he's just so explosive still, and the gap opens so fast. So Roglic went with him, and Roglic was totally entitled to just sit on Valverde and not give him a turn and say, I'm marking you, like I'm not going to help you uh, drop me. But Roglic was that comfortable in the wheel. Almost as a statement, he started riding through with Valverde, and at the end, they even ended up high-fiving. So it shows you at some point Valverde appreciated the toe from Roglic and the idea that it was moving him into second place. And cement, sorry, he's already in second place, but cement in his second place. But Roglic just so, so impressive. And a big way we know, like an insight into Roglic's mind was, we, we've seen this tactic of putting men in the break. The GC teams are doing it. We'd all the GC teams nearly doing it today. We had a Stan and Movie Star and uh, Yumbo all putting men in the break. Sepkus was put in the break for Yumbo. And it got to a point at the bottom of the climb, the attacking started, and Sepkus came out later and he said they just told him he could go for it. The Primos wasn't going to need him. And so Roglic never needed to call him back. So we've seen Soler heartbreakingly call back to put Katana into the, into the leader's jersey. Uh, about a week ago we didn't see anything similar today from Roglic Roglic just supremely confident in his own talent he's with Valverde he didn't feel isolated so he said to the young American you know spread your wings fly young eagle fly and the young American's taken a stage win in the Vuelta a España to add to a Surrey Utah overall win so it's a super super results today for Jumbo Visma but it's a tactic that it can backfire on you we don't we're not used to seeing the race leader putting a man in the break and then that man not coming back. I suppose we're so programmed from looking at Sky and Ineos that they don't do this. Other teams do it, movie star do it, and other teams have done it, but we never see it from Sky. So you kind of got to wonder, like, what is the objective for the team? Is it to win the overall or is it to win stages? Because there's no doubt in my mind if Sepkus wasn't needed with Roglic, that if Sepku sets up at the bottom of the climb and cruises all the way up and saves his energy, tomorrow's another big mountain stage, that he's going to be in better shape tomorrow. So it's a waste of energy that doesn't move them closer to winning their objective, which is the Vuelta overall. And those little things can be costly. Now, it looks at the moment like Roglic is in supremely dominant mood. So whether they'll be punished for that or not, I don't know. But every decision has to be analysed through the binary framework of does this make it more likely or less likely that we're going to come away at the end of three weeks with the overall victory. Team Sky are masters at that. They're, they're ruthless interpretation of that. But we've seen other teams, especially now today, Yumbo, having a very liberal interpretation of that and saying, you know, he'll recover overnight. It's not that much extra energy, but it doesn't make it more likely that Roglic is going to win the overall so i'm not sure how i feel about it it's great to see the young american getting a stage win like if we're real he's would have won a stage at some point anyway he's such a talent that he didn't need to win it now that maybe his job is back down the mountain helping Roglic. but then as a cycling fan and taking the 
you know armchair ds tactician hat off it's just amazing to see a rider like him going loose and uh yeah i'm kind of glad we didn't see an ineos win because it's just gegenhart was toward uh we had guerrero from katusha second and Theo gegenhart first but we had sep coos in the last you know 50 60 meters high five and everyone coming across the line like he was loving life which was amazing to see and something we're kind of not really used to seeing at world tour level it's kind of more of a you know jersey cycle or iron man vibe to a high five and people going across the line but it was pretty funny to see yeah uh, i suppose difference is always better for a while if we start seeing everybody high five and coming across the line it will fast start to lose its appeal no doubt uh so i heard uh james knox and he was after the race and he was talking about just how difficult it is to get in the breakaway he said he set out at the start of the day with that ambition to get in the breakaway and it's just he said not possible he said it was just so fast and that when he did try and get in the breakaway and he went to come back and he's in the bunch he said he was just pinned in the wheel like couldn't move so it always looks like you can slide into the breakaway uh, very easily in these Grand Tour races. And you think, you know, in your own crazy rationale to feel better about ourselves, we're going, well, it's actually it must be much harder in a Cat 3 race to get in the breakaway because everyone's in negative mindset. And the Grand Tours, I'd say it's fairly easy because everyone has their own uh, agendas and people are working. You can just slip into the break with your first attack of the day. Like, make no mistake, these stages mean a lot a mountain stage in the Vuelta to win it it means a lot to get the tv exposure for some teams which are struggling it means a lot that is hard fought to get into them breaks it's super super difficult it's super super competitive and you guys like james knox who's 18th on gc talking about how hard it is you know how hard it is uh so gc at the moment it's looking like Roglic with a firm command on it, but he hasn't extended his lead over Evergreen world champion Valverde, who's still at 2.25. Uh, we've Pogacar, who I'm close to changing my pronunciation on him because uh, Pukacha seems to be the the interpretation that everyone's going with. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Komaleska. So I may change my pronunciation of Pogacar once there's a bit of a consensus going on. <clears throat> He's at 3.42. We have Superman Lopez, again, not exhibiting too many Superman-like qualities, at 3.59. He finished today in with Pogacar, and yeah, they look like it's going to be a battle down to Madrid for that white jersey. And then we had Katana dropped again today, couldn't hold on to Pogacar and Lopez group. And he's at 5.09. He looks a spent force to me. And it's probably the last we see of him in movie star colours. Interestingly, James Knox got added to the long list for the Worlds in Yorkshire. Uh, midway through this Vuelta. So I'd love to see him getting picked there as a course that looks like it could be very, very good for him. And obviously he's rooming with Philip Schilbert, who's going to go in as one of the favourites. So <clears throat> a lot of is going to rub off on him over the course of this Vuelta in terms of how to win you know physical condition obviously from riding a Vuelta but a lot of experience of how to win a world how to win classics from one of the greatest riders of this generation Philip Schilbert I want to change note a little bit uh, for a second actually before I do uh, well done to Sam Bennett because I just seen today he's the most winningest rider winning I love making up words winningest he's the most winningest rider in the peloton at the moment he has 13 uh professional wins this season and that is the most in the bunch uh so chapeau to sam we might even get one more before we get to madrid 
So uh, Roglic, yeah, he typically didn't give much away in his post-race press conference. He said it was a really nice day for us. Uh, we have hard days to come, so we need to stay focused. Uh, yeah, as I said, I want to turn pages a little bit and talk. There was a picture on Twitter from Willie Smith. Um, if you Google him on Twitter, you'll find them. And actually, I've put it up on the A1 Facebook page, a picture of his knee from the crash yesterday. His knee is butchered. He's after having a bunch of stitches in it. It looks miserable. A normal person would be out of work for a long time with an injury like that. And he's starting today's stage. And as far as I know, he finished today's stage with that injury. And it, it kind of begs the question, at what point do teams need to step in and save riders from themselves? Because cycling is one of those sports where, you know, we've shared memes of, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo on the ground versus, uh, you know, Fletcher or whoever in the barbed wire fence ripped to pieces or that was... Uh, who was it in the barbed wire fence? Johnny Hugerland <clears throat> in the barbed wire fence wrecked a few years ago. And those memes are funny and how hard cyclists are. But at some point, you know, we've seemed to have turned a corner and drawn the line with head injuries because we just have a consensus and awareness now of how dangerous impacts to the head are. And it's not something to have that masculine testosterone bravado around. Oh, I continued. It's just a ding or I just had my bell rung. We know how dangerous it is, especially multiple concussions compounding. But also injuries that like extreme injuries, flesh wounds, like Willie Smith has at the moment. You know, he he's coming through a cycling culture and being preconditioned to I'm the hard man, I won't drop out. If I haven't got a broken bone, I won't drop out of the of the bike race. My teammates need me. But two things, like you know, his teammates, he's gonna be no use to his teammates in that condition. And when does the team step in and say you know, this rider isn't going to make a decision that's best for himself. We need to take that decision out of his hands. You know, is there a duty of care from the team or for there is there a duty of care from the organisers where there should be an objective health assessment and say, you know, he can't continue because, yeah, I think there's a point where it just becomes farcical that they're going, they're damaging themselves. There's no way looking at that injury, I can say that he's not going to have some sort of damage. It's definitely won't be speeding up his recovery. It's it's miserable like his body's under so much stress heading into the third week in a grand tour that i'd say a a blister is very difficult to heal his white blood cells and immune system are so suppressed at the moment so never mind a scar like that and you know the chance of infection with compromised immunity and stuff all goes up yeah i find it difficult to watch someone like that starting a stage but maybe that's maybe i'm softening in my old age um Another thing I'm starting to experiment with, uh, so we'll keep you posted on it, more one for our longer form podcasts. As we know, we've sort of slightly changed it, turn a corner and the content in A1 that we're delivering, uh, it's turned into more of a biohacked, you know, anything we can do to get an advantage and looking at cycling in a 360 holistic health perspective and, you know, because we need to be happy, because we need to sleep well and all these things go into cycling performance and not just what interval should I do today? What's my threshold? How can I increase my VO2 max power? So one of the areas I'm really looking at is sleep and looking at the effects of CBD oil on getting us into uh, a deeper sleep. So it's not changing the amount of hours sleep I'm going to get, but I'm looking at the effect of CBD uh, dosing before bed on the quantity of deep sleep. So the distribution of my sleep across the sleep cycle and evidence suggests that it can prolong the amount of deep sleep you have uh, within a night and the 
cognitive and regenerative benefits of deep sleep are they're massive so i'll get into that a bit deeper in another podcast cbd is not on the band list uh, so if anyone wants to check it out you can f- obviously do your own due diligence uh, but from a cycling point of view it's totally it's it's derived from the hemp plants but it's cbt is what you typically would have heard it's uh the cbt as opposed to cbd has uh, the hallucinogenic properties and that is on the banned list uh, that's your marijuana your cannabis uh and what we those ones that we typically associate with marijuana and cannabis that's slightly hallucinogenic uh, properties to it so they are on the ban list but cbd is not so it's something that i'm going to experiment with and i will keep you posted on that uh, stage 16 tomorrow and we're in another climbing day another big climbing day only 144 kilometers tomorrow i nonchalantly say 144 kilometers only as i sip on my coffee sitting down on my deck chair here recording the podcast uh, and we've three category one climbs so a big day of climbing again tomorrow and then we're heading into another rest day for me and another west day rest day west day i sound like jonathan ross there trying to say for our Roche. and another rest day for the vuelta peloton on tuesday hope you're enjoying the vuelta uh, podcast so far and before i sign off i want to tell you two things uh I'm going to tell you a little bit about our sponsor, ClickFunnels, but also I have a cool message to finish off with. So ClickFunnels is a sponsor, True of Wealth. Definitely go and check them out because they've been a one-stop shop for me for email autoresponders, marketing, building websites, and streamlining that whole thing. And they have a 14-day free trial for all of our listeners. So that is well worth checking out. Uh, Training Camp is also starting to generate a fair bit of interest. I'm going to do a price hike soon. It will probably be unannounced. So if you're tempted by the training camp, go and book now. I'm going to pop the link in the show notes as well. But I had a touching message this morning. We get a bunch of messages in time. Some of them, you know, nice messages. Some of them just general feedback. And very occasionally we get a message in that isn't that nice. Uh, But I like to take time to write back to as many messages as I can. Today I didn't have a super busy day on Sunday. So uh, I wrote back to this one and I shared it across some of our social platforms because I just thought it was a really nice message from a Leaving Cert student. He said, hey, Anthony, I'm a big fan of the podcast. I used to like GCN, but A1 is way better. No way would you ever hear Simon Richardson call Whoop a piece of shit. You can't beat that Irish humor. I was a bit unsure about sending you this message, but you said in the podcast to give you feedback. Well, I've done most things you recommend and I'm doing very well. So I decided to message you and say thanks and keep it up. I would have liked to sign up for the eight-week challenge, but I'm doing my leave insert this year, so I'd, uh, so I have to save a bit of time for the books. I'm hoping to start racing A4 next year, so my goal at the moment is to up my FTP. Your Vuelta podcast is coming very handy. I wouldn't have much time to watch the highlights, and with the podcast, I can listen on the bus to school. A while ago, you said, check out any interesting podcasts, so I found this one lately, and I liked it. And that's a link to Pat Divley's podcast, which I am going to check out. Very nice message. Uh, thanks for taking the time to do that. And please, as I say, guys, if you are enjoying the podcast, it means so much to me when I get messages like that. But also, so if you are enjoying it, pop me a message on any of the platforms. But you know, the usual stuff that's so boring and we're so, you know, banner blind nearly at this stage to listening to it. But it makes such a difference the likes, the shares on the podcast, telling people about it. It's how it's how we grow it. And, you know, I haven't figured out a metric for judging the success or failure of this podcast yet because monetarily it's totally isn't if you had just a monetary lens on it it totally isn't worth the investment of time that goes into it so you're looking for other 
uh, you're looking for other uh, variables like that uh, feedback from that show listener to make it worth your while and justify the both the actual expense that goes into equipment and hosting and that sort of stuff but also the time expense that goes into it so yeah keep all that stuff coming because it is much much appreciated thanks for listening and i will chat to you again tomorrow take it easy